This message is produced by the Transformation Edge Church. We believe you'll be inspired and transformed by it. The Trans Edge, a change is inevitable. Good morning. How are we doing? Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus Christ for this opportunity. We praise you, God, because you speak to our hearts. You speak to us, oh God, as people that are willing to hear you, to listen to you, to learn from you, and to mold our way the way you want it to be. We honor you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm talking about the portrait of a leader. Now, here at church, we talk about leadership to the extent that is almost irritating. All right, we, we talk about leadership because we believe that one of the values of being a child of God, of being a Christian, is to be able to influence our world. And not only just influencing our world as a Christian, but influencing our world in every aspect of our lives. I also believe that we can be trailblazers of some sort. Trade blazers in in area of health, uh, morality, whatever that means to you, and also commitment to God's work, and that is why we say our vision is to generously impact nation, building a people with God likeness, God's likeness, and the people who will lead and influence. And those two elements are is the core of our vision people who will lead and influence in all areas of life. So not only just as Christians, not only just as God's children, but in all areas of your life. In other words, uh, in your education, we expect you to shine. In your job, we expect you to shine. We expect that God's work and God's will be done in your life to the, to the, to the degree where you become a, a model of what God wants to see in the world. And in thinking about that, I realize it's exactly the same thing that um, Paul, and most of us have heard about Paul in the Bible. Paul, he was an apostle of Jesus Christ, and, uh, but he had someone whom he really mentored, and his name was Timothy. Now, Timothy was a young person. He, I do believe that Timothy, when Paul got hold of him the first time, was a teenager. But Timothy was committed to seeing the best, um, you know, being impacted to him, so to speak. So I'd like us to, if we can, very briefly, open to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2. And I'm going to be reading through very quickly from verse 2 to verse 26. That's a long one, but please pardon me and follow. Is that okay? And if we can read from the New International Version, that would be fantastic. Now, Paul always referred to Timothy as his son, which is interesting. But he was not his biological son. But because of the kind of person Timothy was, or rather Paul was to Timothy, um, Timothy took the, the, the license of being able to call him a son. Or rather, Paul took the license of being able to call Timothy a son, and Timothy accepted because Paul was a model character. So let's read this. Let's take from verse 1, actually. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, and trust to reliable people who you will also be 
or who will also be qualified to teach others. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all these. Remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel for which I'm suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Here is a trustworthy saying, if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, and who correctly handles the word of truth. Avoid godless chatter, because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hemineus and Philetus, who have departed from the truth. They say that the resurrection has already taken place and they destroy the faith of some. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription, the Lord knows those who are his. And everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. In a large house, there are articles, not only of gold and of silver, but also of wood and clay. Some, of, some are for special purposes and some for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. So flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the, name, call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments, because you know they produce quarrels. And the lost servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. Amen. All right, that was a long one. Now, I'm talking about a portrait of a leader because that was a portrait of a leader. All he wanted Timothy to become. He wanted Timothy, amongst many other things, to become someone uh, like an athlete, like a soldier, like uh, a teacher, like a farmer. So many things. Why? Because when we start to impart God's word to you, the, the expectation is not only just to live as Christians, but to live as models in our lives, in our world, in your world. Because I do believe that God's word has the capacity to change, has the capacity to instruct, and has the capacity to make the best out of you. I do believe that. I do believe that. So let's think about the first one. So 
Timothy, or rather Paul, used the, the, this passage to describe the portrait of a leader using seven met metaphors. The first one was in verse 2. And it says, And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. So a leader must be a teacher. And how many of us have realized that you've never really learned anything until you're able to teach them? Oh, well, that, that, that's the way it works for me. Until I'm actually able to teach someone what I've learned, the knowledge is not solidified with me. It's still fleeting. I could forget within 36 hours, you know, because I'm human. But once I am able to teach others, one, it reflects that I understand what I'm teaching. It reflects that I, I'm, I've understood what uh, the knowledge I've acquired. And that's more of the reason for our course students, we instructed, or rather, taught them in a way that we believed God wanted us to learn, especially when it comes to our vision, our mission. And one of the things that we actually taught was the culture of God's kingdom. Because God's kingdom has got a culture. And it is not a culture of just trying to be a Christian or a culture of religiosity, but a culture of actual human beings who love God and are not holding God as, oh, wow, he's that evil meter in heaven and he's always watching out for the terrible things I've done. God, that's not who God is. The Bible tells us that God is a loving father. And he says to us that if we as human beings, and that's in Matthew chapter 7, he said, if we as human beings, we could give good gifts to our children whom we love, he said, what do you think about our heavenly father that is willing to give us everything that we ever need? And it's quite interesting, and that's one of the things that we've learned through core that people can pick and choose what to apply to themselves in the Bible, especially people uh, can pick and go, well, because God did this against uh, people in a particular age and within that context, so God is, um, is a really, really fiery, uh, you know, strong but really angry person. No, he's not. He's not. He's not. Well, that's not how I've come to know God. And that's more of the reason it is important Verse 15 of that same chapter that we read, uh, Tim, uh, Paul was telling Timothy, he says, study to show yourself approved. Because if you don't study, you don't know. You only go away with assumptions. You only go away with hearsay. But I, if I were you, I'll study. And one of the most beautiful things about Paul was that when he received Jesus, you know, he wasn't with Jesus. But when God called him, he didn't just go all the way and going crazy and speaking to people about this new Jesus I found. No, he went away for the first three years and learned if all these things that he heard was true. Three years it took him. He learned. He went to study. You really can never know much about anything until you take some time to study. Don't ever write anything off until you take some time to study. And when you've studied, you either become a critic or you become um, uh, 
an authority in the subject that we studied. So, number one, as a leader, you ought to be a teacher because a leader is to be reproductive. And when you teach, you are actually opening a, a door of reproduction, isn't it? When you teach people in school, you want to reproduce knowledge. You want to reproduce people of the same quality. How many of us are students? Of course, right? And why are you studying? So that you can be like those other ones who've gone ahead of you, isn't it? You couldn't study something that you have no idea about. How many of us are studying uh, engineering? Engineering. Only one. Only one person is studying engineering. How many of us are studying social science? Social science, psychology. Uh, there are three <laughs> studying psychology. Why? Possibly because you already had someone. How many of us studied nursing or are studying nursing? You know, probably one or two. But you see, it's because you already saw a model that you wanted to become. You already saw someone who was successful in that area. Unless otherwise you're just studying it for the money. Or say the truth now, come on. Studying it for the money. Probably before you went to school, you checked out. Say, how much does this one make? And how much do these people make? And how much does this one make? Okay, I'm just going to go with this one. Because they make more money. But you see, you burn out. Why? Because there is no model that you're looking up to. But when you have a model that you're looking up to, or rather have a vision or a goal for that particular um, area of study, you will excel. You will excel. So number one, the teacher is to be reproductive. Then number two, and that was in verse three, a leader has to be a soldier. And a soldier is always loyal. And in, interestingly, you'll find that soldiers hardly say no to their commanding officers. Why? Because they are trained to be loyal. They are trained to be committed. They are trained to be committed. He says, join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And he says, no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs. And when he says gets entangled in civilian affairs, it actually also means that you're careful what you get yourself involved in, isn't it? You're careful. You don't just go everywhere and do anything. You don't live by the, the idea of FOMO, right? The fear of missing out. Oh, I've got to do it because I've only got one life to live. But do it because you're becoming a model for the generation to come. Do it because you know there are people looking up to you. Don't ever think, no one is looking up to me, I'm just by myself. No, there are people that you don't even know who look up to you. And they are watching you and going, oh, I like that person. I just want to be like that person. And at times, they will like you regardless of whether you're a good person or a terrible person. But the question will be, if you got to know that people were always watching to be like you, who would you like to be like? What would you like to be? Number three, an athlete, verse five, it says, So similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. And at times, there are rules in life. 
At times we don't want to make commitment because we, we, we kind of thinking the rules will control us. But we are always under control of some sort. And we are always controlling in some areas of our lives. We are always. There is control everywhere. But it's not about the control. It's about the perception of control. Or think about it. How many of you drove 60 kilometers in 40 zone last week Friday? Or how many of us drove 110 on this street when you were coming to church? Of course, you wouldn't drive that. Why? Because there are rules. And probably the reason why you wouldn't drive that is not just because you're a good citizen, but because you're scared of the police. But it's better to be a good citizen, isn't it? To know what to do at what time. So as an athlete, a leader is to be disciplined. Right? Disciplined. And discipline is not, a good, it's not a bad thing. We only see it as a controlling effect because of our perception, the way we perceive it. But if we're undisciplined, we'll run rogue. Number four, a leader is to be like a farmer who is a hard worker. A hard worker. The farmers are hard working. They are not taught when to wake up, but they wake up by themselves. They go to the farm in the morning, possibly come back later at night. But they are hard working. And the reason why they are hard working is because they want to see the product of their labor. And that's almost also the same thing. For students, you want to excel in your education, you're hard working, right? You want to excel in anything that you, you do. Even as a worker, as, um, as an employee, you only get promoted if you are the hard-working type. Promotion doesn't come because you are doing what you've, you've been asked to do. Promotion comes by doing extra. The next one, number five, a worker. So a leader is to be diligent. And that's verse 15 and verse 19. A leader is to be diligent. Diligence is a key component if you want to continue to um, achieve success in most things that you do. Then number six, a vessel. In verse 20 to verse 22, a leader is to be pure. Now, the last one is a servant. A leader is to be a servant. Being a leader is actually being a chief servant as opposed to being the boss. So a leader is not, it's not a boss. A leader is a chief servant. In other words, if I lead, I walk ahead of you. A boss walks behind you and micromanages. A leader does not micromanage. A leader does the work and asks you for support. And when you start doing the work yourself, he's still there to help you. Can I help? Can I help? Can I help? The boss does not say, can I help? Instead, what does the boss say? Do it. Do it. That's why you're paid. Do it. It's your job. Do it. Go check your, um, your requirement, your, your position description, and do it. So as a leader, we ought to be able to serve the people that we lead as a chief servant. You continue to serve. You don't put it aside. You continue to serve. Have you been called upon to do something? Or do you, oh, I was talking to someone a few weeks ago, and, and, and she said to me, he said, but I'm the boss. 
and, uh, and, and my role is to delegate. I'm like, great, that's true. In other words, your role is to fob off. Uh, of course, that's what it is. Because delegation is actually fobbing off work that you're meant to be doing. But how about if you change the perception of your role and become that person who supports your workers, who stands with them and go, you it's okay if you have no idea what to do, but I'm going to do it and why you watch me. And we've talked about this concept before. I do, you watch, right? And then the second one is we do together, basically. And the third one is you do, I support, and the last one is you do, I watch. And at times, that's a, that's a phase of leadership. And we ought to be able to build others who can become models. Models. Who says everyone cannot be a model? I'm not talking about beauty pageantry. I'm talking about models in life. Models of character. Models of, of behavior. Models of living righteously. Models of, of, um, of whatever. Academics. Whatever. But great models. Now, let's quickly look at that vessel, the one I left out. A leader is to be a vessel. Now, it says in 2 Timothy, it says there are several vessels in the house. And there are vessels of gold, vessels of silver. There are vessels of wood and so on and so forth. So there are different materials of vessels. It says, however, there are some vessels that are made for honor. And there are some vessels that are... That, that are made for dishonor. So, but when you do keep yourself pure, you'll be made for the master's use. So what does he mean by vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor? Because it's not about the material you're being made of. It's about your usefulness, your functionality. For example, let's, let's think about it. Now, you've got um, a, a gold cup, for example. A gold cup. Gold is, is a rare material, isn't it? A gold cup. And then, all of a sudden, um, it used to be kept in your special cupboard. But all of a sudden, your three-year-old goes to pick the gold cup and took it to the toilet. And, and, and then, you see that gold cup going into the bowl. <laughs> uh, you're going to feel disgusted like you're almost feeling right now. It's okay. Um, but you're going to feel disgusted. Would you go, oh, that's my gold cup. It's all right. I can still drink water with it just like that. You won't. You won't. Why? Because it's not meant to be there. It's not meant to be in the toilet. However, flick that a little bit. You see that the, the brush that's always in the toilet, your three-year-old is dipping it in the bowl and washing the toilet. What would you do? You go, good job. What changed? Same material. Functionality differs. You see, God created us with different talents. Use your talent in a, in a way that helps people, that helps people to realize the, the, their true potentials in their life. And don't ever look at someone and go, oh, well, that person is like that. I've got to be like that too. You probably might not just be like that. Why? Because you're not the same person. Don't try whilst you have mentors in life, whilst you have teachers in life, but you're not them. And you can completely adopt every part of their life because you never really can tell. You know, I heard this story from my dad uh, many years ago. And... Uh, in their village, there, there was this man, and, and, and we're talking about 1940-something, and he, he was still about 10 years old. 
So there was this guy who would drive by in this car, um, and this car only goes through the village once in, probably once in a month. So the kids are always waiting for this car to drive by. So every time the, the car, uh, the, the guy is driving by the village, all the kids come out and are looking at the car and are praying and wishing, we want to be like this guy. Until one day, the guy stopped and called the kids. They were so excited. So all the kids went to the guy, thinking, he's going to give us a ride in the car. And then he called him and said, I've always heard you saying you want to be like me. Is that, is that correct? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the guy opened the door and stepped out. And what they saw was completely different from what they thought. The guy was completely leprous. He's lost all his fingers, and he had so much um, band-aid and uh, bandages, actually, bandages on his legs and his tongue. And he told them, there's always a cover. Seek to know what's inside. You might see something that, that interests you, but get to learn a little bit more about it. Don't always wish to be completely what someone else is because you don't know the details of their life. Oh, I love T.D. Jakes. He says, you want the anointing, but you don't want the struggles. You might want all the money that, <clears throat> probably because I'm in that area as well, you might want all the money that comes with, with being a psychologist. But you see, the highest suicide rate in, is actually in psychology. So many psychologists who commit suicide every year. Why? Because they are handling too much of heavy, heavy stuff. Can I say to you, become a model who wishes and seeks to make the other person better and not the one who is only going out for what they will get. Because that's a portrait of a good leader. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. God bless you. The message you've heard was produced by the Transformation Edge, and we hope it has inspired you. For more information, please visit our website, www.thetransedge.com, or you may contact us via email to frontdesk at thetransedge.com, or on Facebook, The Transedge Church. You may wish to call us on 02-4731-2419. The Transedge, a change is inevitable.